operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Right, welcome back to another edition of the Best Damn Football Podcast for your ears. Uh, I am your host, Randall Kennedy, and I am joined, as always, by the chef, Jake B-Song. How you doing, what Jake? Up? What up, man? I'm doing good. Hanging in. Another beautiful Tuesday night. Like a hair hot. and a biscuit? Yes, sir. It's hot, sweaty. Oh man, you know, hot! You t- dude, it was the heat index was around 100 degrees here today in North Carolina. That's where we are today in New Hampshire, dude. It's muggy as all holy hell. It's like you walk outside and you just start dripping. I got a, I got a, I got a. Somebody told me in uh, 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 the joke. What does relative humidity mean in Alabama? What's that? Like the glisten of her sweat on on <laughs> your sister's back. That's that's a little that's woo. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It makes it's 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 a good joke though. It makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, all right, we we're gonna. I guess we're just gonna jump right in. We're um, we're gonna talk some running backs tonight. Um, And uh, I think you know the first one we're gonna talk about uh, is used to the humidity. He went to UTEP. Uh, Aaron, uh, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. Yeah. I had a what turned out to be a pretty controversial uh, tweet uh, the other day where, where I asked, why isn't Aaron Jones a top five uh, pick in redraft? And it was sort of a rhetorical question for me. Um, because, and I'm going to assume that this little hamstring injury that that just popped up is is not really significant. Um, but the last, you know, the last two years he's finished in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so once Rogers came back, it sort of turned into a no brainer for me that he should be considered with the top five picks in, in the, uh, in the league. What, what do you think, BZ? I'm right there with you. Um, I remember talking to a few people about this during Scott Fishbowl, where uh, you know you were getting Aaron, um, you were getting Aaron Jones in the the third, mid third, uh, and you know we were saying like this guy should be in the top five for this kind of a tournament, and uh, you know I think it was the Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, kind of all the issues that were going on with him. People were hesitant because will he look the same with Jordan Love? which I 100% understand it. The offense is going to be less efficient. The scoring opportunities aren't going to be there as much. Um, but the minute that Aaron Rodgers said I'm back in, I mean, he shot right up my rankings into that top five for me personally. Um, I think he's going to have a fantastic year, and we know Rodgers loves him in the passing game. So I think he's just – I think his ceiling is going to be – his ceiling is big for 21. Yeah, so we're talking about a player that has uh, caught – 47 balls for uh, two consecutive seasons. Um, and last year he, he missed a couple of games. Um, talking about a guy that's got big play potential 
He's garnered a 15% target share the last two years. Uh, he's, he's, Rogers looks for him out of the backfield. And so a big part of the trepidation about Aaron Jones is, is a lot of people, a lot of hand wringing over AJ Dillon. Look, they're without Jamal Williams this year. He signed in Detroit. Jamal Williams caught 70 passes over the last two years. Mm-hmm. 70. A.J. Dillon's not going out there and catching 35 passes this year. It's just not going to happen. They Those those plays have to go somewhere, and I expect Aaron Jones to pick up a lot of that stuff. I agree with you. Uh, the A.J. Dillon hype train went wild. Was it like two months ago when Aaron Jones was a free agent and people were going out and just going like full steam ahead on this kid? And, you know, I mean – I like A.J. Dillon in the sense of I think he's a good running back, but we haven't really seen him used. We haven't really seen him do it in the passing game. And the other big part of the Jamal Williams piece is uh, the third down pass blocking. Um, that was a huge factor for Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers be, and him being on the field so much. So um, I agree with you. I think uh, Aaron Jones is going to see a majority of that. Um, as long as he stays healthy, um, it's a uh, – he is going to have a big year. You can just you can just see it. You know what I mean? And he's very efficient in the red zone as well, which is with Rogers back, they're going to be visiting the red zone a lot more than they would with Jordan Love. So um, his opportunities are going to be there. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this kid for 21. Yeah, so speaking of uh, Rogers in the red zone, um, and uh, I I listened to uh, JJ Zacharyson uh, mm-hmm. recently, and um, he and I agree on with on a lot of players for redraft this year. And w- interestingly <laughs> enough, one of the guys he uh, he really likes is Aaron Jones. And um, you know, he threw out a stat that really kind of blew me away. Uh, Aaron Rodgers led the league last year in passes inside the five yard line. He threw the ball thirty times inside the five. Wow. He can he converted an NFL record twenty of those passes into touchdowns. NFL record, okay, Oof. from inside to five. Th- those are going to obviously skew back towards the running game this year. So it's gonna they're gonna be more opportunities for the run game uh inside the five, I would think. Yep. Uh even if AJ Dillon does manage to vulture a few of those carries, uh Red zone carries last year, uh, Aaron Jones had 40. Uh, Jamal Williams had 20. So there's going to be plenty on this bone to go around. A.J. Dillon, I'm sure he's going to have his moments. Uh, I expect Aaron Jones to see a majority of the work out of his backfield. And when you, when, you know, when the first three guys go off the board, which are you're looking at McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and, and most likely Derrick Henry, uh, I guess Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, it's a matter of yep. preference. That's the that's the area that I'm starting to consider drafting Aaron Jones. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um it's it just when you look at everything that's going on for this team now and the opportunities that Jones is gonna get, it people aren't really putting the two together and they keep wanting to draft him. They want him to fall into that second round, which we all do, but at this point, you really should be considering him in that top five of running backs. Okay, so we we both agree Aaron Jones is uh is is definitely a, a guy we both like. We're obviously going to assume that the hamstring is nothing. 
uh, at this point. Um, and so we, we both like, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, is there someone, uh, in particular that you're on that you'd like to, to talk about, um, before we dive into the rest of these guys? You know, uh, let's go into it. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of think about a little something as we go, but uh, I'm definitely interested to talk about Jonathan Taylor here a little bit, um, with everything that's been going on surrounding him as well. Yeah, so we we uh, briefly touched on Taylor last week when we talked about Carson Wentz uh, leaving everybody up the creek uh, without a paddle once again. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the offense as a whole is going to take a little bit of a step back uh, if Wentz does indeed have to miss extended time. Of course, there was a report that came out that said it's going to be closer to the five weeks than the 12 weeks that was – uh, initially reported. So hopefully uh, Carson's able to get back on the field uh, sooner rather than later. Um, this is a player that uh, I would say two months ago, uh, I was considering in the top five. And now mm. I've sort of backed off a little bit on Jonathan Taylor. I'm, uh, there, are, there are some other guys who are in a little bit better situations I still like Frank Wright as a play caller. I still think they're going to score. They're they're in a pretty weak division, but this is a guy who ran for more yards uh, than anybody in the second half of last season except for Derrick Henry. Um, now, a lot of people are going to point to he had four monster games against some weak defenses, and I'm sure that's a contributor, but he also started to, like, the light sort of came on for him. Um, I expect a, a much better sophomore campaign, even, you know, with the quarterback question marks than we saw uh, as a rookie. So is this a guy who you're still uh, in, in the first round, you're still considering him? Where are you, wh where are you picking him and what backs are off the board uh, when you're, when you start looking at Jonathan Taylor? You know, I think once you get to that like seven to nine range, I consider them. Um, you know, I think you know, obviously you got your CMC, your your Dalvin, your Kamara. Um, you know, your Barkley's probably going to be in there with some of the news coming around with him. Um, you know, and Derrick Henry, and then and then you, Aaron Jones. Um, so after that, I think we're starting to uh, look at considering Jonathan Taylor. Now, in terms of dynasty, he's still my dynasty RB7. Redraft, I have probably right outside the top 10, maybe like 11, 12. Uh, yeah, so, yeah we're, yeah, we're still, we're not, dynasty, does this does nothing for his dynasty value. No. We're still, you know, uh, but specifically for redraft, uh, let, let me ask you this. Would you consider in a redraft league, now I'm not talking about tight end premium, uh, I'm just talking about straight PPR league. Are you taking him over Travis Kelsey? A lot of people are taking Travis Kelsey in the first round. So you know what? Uh, I am one of those people that I did, I find it tough to go grab a tight end in the first round. I want that stud RB on my bench. So yes, I would take Jonathan Taylor right there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I uh, I find it just it's just hard for me to pull the trigger on a tight end in round one. Yeah. Uh, even if it is Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor is, is I mean, he's just an explosive player. Uh, he had 12 runs of 20 or more yards last year, despite the fact that he was off to a slow start. Um, 
you know, he can score from anywhere on the field. He had touchdown runs of 62 and 45 yards. He had a 40-yard reception that went for a touchdown. Just an explosive player, uh, fast. He's huge, 226 pounds. Um, and he, he can catch the ball. He caught 36 of 39 passes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this is a three-down This is a three-down guy. It's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how much of Marlon Mack they get back after that you know, Achilles injury. I, I that's that's and that's another thing too is I think people were hyping up the Marlon Mack coming back. They saw a few training videos and they go get all excited, and then you got Naheem Himes there as well. Um, you know, I think Taylor is one of those guys where we are looking at what could become one of the one of the next elite level running backs. Um, he has got that talent level. Last year, we struggled to see it at the beginning of the season, but you could see that the game slowed down for him a lot. He started reading things better. Uh, he was making adjustments. He, he picked up the game much better, and he had a lot of success. Now, going up against uh, crappier defenses doesn't mean shit. I mean, Dave Montgomery was the same way. Derrick Henry was the same way. These guys all had monster games at the end of the year because they went up against the same defenses. So that, to me, is just if he didn't have – Monster games against crappy defenses, I'd be a little bit more concerned, you know. And I just think he did what he was supposed to do. Bingo! He did did what he was supposed to. It's like they're like, oh well, you know what? They played crappy defenses. Well, if they don't go off against crappy defenses, we got a problem. Um, And he obviously did his thing. So I'm in on him. Uh, I will still take him in the first round of a redraft if he falls down. If I'm in the back end of that draft, and Dynasty, uh, like I said, he's at my seventh spot. So. Yeah, so you you mentioned something uh, interesting uh, that relates uh, with regards to Dynasty. You said that a lot of people are getting hyped about Marlon Mack training videos. Mm. Um, I can't imagine getting hyped over a Marlon Mack training video. If people I, yeah. are out there, if people are out there getting hyped over Marlon Mack training videos, I mentioned this a couple episodes back. Imagine how hyped they're going to be next year over those Cam Akers training videos. And that is when you sell Cam Akers. Yes. Hang uh, on to him right now in Dynasty. Wait for all those people to start posting those videos next year and getting excited, and that's when you find your guy that you trade Cam Akers to. Bingo. Um, so just just got off we, – we got off a little that's tangent okay. there as but far it, as uh, – it makes sense. Uh, you know, Deontay Foreman was similar. He had those hype videos come up um, when he tore his Achilles, and all of a sudden everybody got all excited about him coming back, and he started getting drafted uh, in multiple redrafts and dynasty leagues. Like, he was going to be this uh, RB2. Uh, obviously, he was getting drafted later because nobody was really going crazy, but still, uh, Marlon Mack to me is that exact same situation. I, I don't know what people are expecting out of him. Um, sure, he looks good now, but wait till you put the pads on, you start getting hit every week, and seeing how he adjusts to being in real game situations. That's where it's all going to play out. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, we're going to move change a little bit and talk about another player who's uh, been polarizing this offseason, another running back uh, who's been a steady pro. He's got a pair of a thousand yard seasons under his belt. Um, but he's a guy who hasn't contributed a lot to the passing game, and his team went out and rebuilt their offensive line this offseason and signed 
another guy who, for some reason, for some reason, people are just all over Kenyon Drake. Like they <laughs> they hear Kenyon Drake, and they I don't know what they think. This is this is a guy who is always he's let you down every time you've invested in him. But I'm I'm talking, of course, about Josh Jacobs. Um, where are you at with Jacobs? Uh, when when are you considering Jacobs? Uh, and you know, is this a guy who you feel like you can still trust uh, based on you know, his first two seasons and the fact that they did go out and sign Kenyon Drake and they did rebuild their offensive line? Now, you know, I've been doing a few redrafts lately, and I'm seeing Ken, I'm seeing Josh Jacobs going at the end of the fourth into the fifth round. Um, I'm okay with that value right there because you have a lot of the issues baked in already. Uh, Jacobs has finished as – I want to say he was a – give me a second. He was the RB8 last year. Um, this kid – it's hard because you have to trust Gruden. You have to trust the Raiders coaches to give him the ball. Um, and I do think that crazy enough, Gruden is going to use Kenyon Drake. Like he kind of, I think he's going to use him more than he used Jalen Richard. Um, so I do think Jacobs is going to have limited opportunities, but if he can take advantage of the opportunities he's got, I think he could be a good running back for 21, especially going in the fifth round. You should be okay getting him at that value any earlier. I'm kind of starting to uh, let somebody else take that gamble for redraft. Yeah. So uh, in my opinion, uh, Jalen Richard is a better pass catcher than Kenyon Drake. I agree with you. Uh, Richard's going to get, <laughs> Richard's going to get cut. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's going to, obviously Kenyon Drake is going to, going to be a, he's going to take be a part of the offense. Now, where they're going to use him, I've heard they're going to line him up in the slot. I've heard they're going to, you know, use him as a wide receiver. I've heard all kinds of things. Uh, I don't think Kenyon Drake is as versatile as people who sign, continue to sign him and trade for him. The Cardinals found that out, right? Everybody yeah. went crazy when he, when he went to the Cardinals and he had a couple of monster games as soon as he got there. And last year he underwhelmed, uh, you know, pretty badly. Um, I'm on the. I'm. I'm on, I was bullish about Josh Jacobs just because of pure stubbornness and and unwilling to unwillingness to believe in Kenyon Drake. Mm -hmm. um, but when I started to dig into this guy, yeah, he finished. R, you mentioned he finished RB eight last year. A lot of it was volume, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of it was uh, you know on the ground. I tend to stay away from running backs who aren't catching passes in PPR leagues, and he contributes almost nothing in the passing game. So he's going to get the volume on the ground. He's not going to get the volume in the air. It's sort of like a you're fighting against. He only converted 10 of 22 carries when the Raiders needed just a yard last year. So he wasn't good in short yardage. Um, he averaged just 3.9 yards per carry. He is like a poor man's Melvin Gordon to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when Melvin Gordon was with the San Diego Chargers, in that he got a lot of work, but he wasn't like spectacular. 
Uh, and the offense that Melvin Gordon played in was a little bit better, which led to more opportunities, which led to a little bit more touchdowns. Uh, I'm like you, though. If we're talking the fourth round and and I need a, a running back, uh, okay, I'll, I'll bite. Mm-hmm. Anything above that, round three, round two, um, yeah. Which And Josh Jacobs was like a second-round pick last year in redraft leagues. And anything above that and I'm out on, on this kid. I mean, he's he's a great runner, but the thing is, is he's even a better pass catcher. Uh, this is what he was known for coming out of college. Like this is why we were so excited about him. Uh, the three down opportunity, his ability to be a receiver in the passing game, and they just simply do not want to use him. And no idea why. And I don't know why coaches do this and why they just can't, you know, uh, let a guy go and just get the full ability out of him. But it's it's more of the coaching and and Gruden just that's what throws me off about a lot of this offense. I think Gruden outsmarts himself. I do too. Yep. Um. All right, we're gonna move on a little bit because uh, I want to talk about another guy. You, I, I mentioned uh, Josh Jacobs uh, only converting ten of twenty two carries when the Raiders needed a yard. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the the antithesis of uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, this is a kid who averaged six yards a carry, averaged 67 yards a game his final 11 games. He scored eight touchdowns. Uh, he really started to come on. Uh, he got 10 carries inside the five and converted eight of them into scores. Uh kid has a nose for the end zone. This is a kid I really like. A lot of people are, oh, Lamar Jackson's the real running back in in Baltimore. I don't, Come on, man, dude. They're a ground-oriented team. They're going to run the ball. Lamar Jackson's going to be a part of that, but there's plenty of opportunity for for J.K. Dobbins. We're talking about a guy who can – he's got enough wiggle to score from anywhere. He's got enough speed, long speed to score from anywhere. Uh, He showed that Ohio State. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. In fact, his first NFL touchdown was off of a reception. Um, This kid I like a lot, and I'm liking more and more – as redraft season approaches, uh, where are you on J- J.K. Dobbins? When are you considering him? Um, you know, is this a player you 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 want to you you're willing to reach for, or is this a player you're staying away from? So you know, in terms of um, when he came out in the class and stuff like that, I, I was I wasn't as high on J.K. Dobbins as some, but. You know, I do think that if there is going to be a running back that could challenge Jonathan Taylor in terms of the top spot of that class, it could be J.K. Dobbins here in Baltimore just due to their aggressive style of running um, and and the fact that they want to run the ball. Uh, You know, I would look at Dobbins. He's kind of going in like the third rounds is where I see him going mostly right now in redraft. And that's a little much for me um, because you do have to consider that you know, Lamar can take away some of those scoring opportunities. Gus Edwards is everyone's favorite deep sleeper that could, you know, be the next big thing if something happens to JK. Um, you know, is Baltimore going to up their pass game a little bit and try to get some opportunity going and, and try to open up the game a little bit more? I guess it's possible with all the receivers they drafted and bringing in Sammy Watkins. And But I'm, 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 I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but I'm I'm pretty high on JK. Um, just in terms of a di- from a dynasty prospect, um, 
I think he's a, a, a great, I guess you could almost say, I don't want to say he's a buy low, um, but you're definitely getting, getting him at a discount. Like he, he's cheaper than Taylor. He might even be cheaper than CEH in some spots. Um, so I think that people are kind of overthinking a lot of stuff with him. And I think he is a, uh, he, he's a good buy right now for dynasty. I think this is a player that could lead the league in rushing touchdowns this year. I agree. Yep. Um, and this is a player who, if you're going to buy him, you buy, you need to buy no. him right now. You need to no. buy him right now. Uh, I, this is a guy I consider in round two. Um, Interesting. I, 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 I would absolutely consider this, this kid in round two, the end of round two. Um, like I said, I, I this kid, I like a lot. Mark Ingram caught 26 passes. Uh, he's, he's gone. Um, there's going to be work here for JK Dobbins and there's going to be work for Gus Edwards. Everybody's darling, uh, who rushed for over 700 yards last year. I could see it in his range of outcomes that, you know, he, he could do that. And, and there's plenty on this bone here for JK Dobbins. Uh, I guess we would be, uh, I don't, I don't, we would be negligent if we didn't mention, Sammy Watkins had the best season of his career with Greg Roman in Buffalo, who he's reunited with. Uh, the Ravens, yeah, I, I mentioned it. So the Ravens had two injuries in the last couple of days to wide receivers. Yep. Rashad Bateman had a core injury today. It looks like he's going to miss some time. Uh, Hollywood Brown, who was, uh, by all reports, having a phenomenal camp, uh, was injured two days ago. Um, so... They might want to uh, open the offense up more. Whether or not they're able to is another story. Uh, we know the ground game is going to be there. Um, this this is a guy who I really like, uh, obviously, and, and I have no problem uh, jumping on the hype train. All right. Here we go then. Redraft. You're on the clock. Here's your choices. Okay. Right. J.K. Dobbins is always going to be your first choice. DeAndre Swift. Oh man, I'm taking Dobbins. Antonio Gibson. I'll take Gibson. Uh, Clyde the Glide. Uh, I'm taking Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards Lair is a guy we were going to talk about. Clyde Edwards Lair tonight, I think. Uh, Clyde Edwards Lair, I, I think it's it is well within his range of outcomes to finish as the overall RB one this year. <laughs> I this, can see now why you've been sending this, me those trade offers. This is a guy who I told everyone last year in redraft, please, for the love of God, do not draft this guy in the first round. Please don't draft this guy in the first round. Uh, they weren't a strong running team. They had brought in everybody and their mother to try and, and have some sort of a committee going. The offensive line was porous. Uh, that eventually caught up with them. Uh, this is he had pass pro issues at LSU. I'm a closet LSU fan. I tried to tell people this. It was going to hurt him when he got on the field. Nobody wanted to listen. Everybody was a Indy Reed offense. He's the next Charlie Gardner. He's the next Slim Shady. Uh, I am completely opposite this year. They have massively upgraded their offensive line. They traded. Uh, their first round pick for uh, uh, the kid from Baltimore. Uh, they've spent money and draft picks and draft capital 
and they might have now one of the best offensive lines in the league. He's in the system another year. Patrick Mahomes is on record saying that they need to get this guy more involved in the passing game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire said he's worked diligently this offseason uh, on his, you know, getting reps in the passing game, wanting to be a bigger part of this offense. I think this is a guy who is going to light it up this year. Where he's going in drafts in the middle of the second round is a steal. It's an absolute steal. And if I were on the clock in the first round and I was looking at uh, Jonathan Taylor, and I and Jonathan Taylor was a guy that I was considering, I would reach for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to make sure I got this guy on my team. This is a guy I want. I take I take him over Joe Mixon. I'm taking him over Devontae Adams, who I expect lots of touchdown regression, and I can never take a wide receiver that high anyway. Uh, I'll take him over Tyreek Hill. Uh, I'll take him over Travis Kelsey. I think this is this kid's going to be in for a big year. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, dude, I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I am a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Clyde kind of Jesus I'm a Ceh fan. Um, you know I, I I agree with you. Last year was not the year to be taking him early. Uh, he went very early in a lot of dynasty drafts. He burned people. Uh, but we were saying this. We were all saying this, and, and especially you know I was one of the big ones. You were one of the big ones. Um, but you know everything that you did said it makes complete sense and obviously two getting trade offers from people for Clyde Edwards Hilaire so it, you know it's all kind of building here um I'm a big fan of him too you definitely higher than I, on him than I am I wouldn't go as far as Jonathan Taylor but I do see the case that you made for him um so yeah I, I agree with you I think he's a massive buy this year and whoo that was I'm kind of sweating after that conversation <laughs> yeah oh. man I, I'm uh, yeah I'm a fan. That's that's a kid. I really. Uh, All right. And we're we're talking redraft now. We're talking redraft. Um, in redraft, listen, you're not going to win your redraft league. Uh, sitting there. What is ADP? Mm. Right. What is ADP? It's a it's a collection of, uh, it's a group think. It's what everybody else is doing. You're not going to win doing what everybody else does. You may not win with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but my point is go out and find an, the year that CMC broke out. Uh, I'm not going to say I was like this Nostradamus, but I won a lot of redraft leagues that year because I, I thought that, you know, with the increase in workload, and based on the efficiency that he showed the year before, that there was a chance for him to finish as the overall RB one. And around pick five, I st- I would pick, I was picking CMC, and people were looking at me like I was crazy, like, "Yo, he's a round two pick." Sometimes you have to askew ADP and just get your damn guys. And if you believe in someone, just get him on your team, okay? Just make sure he's on your – if you believe strongly in someone, get him on your damn team. Yeah. Because ADP is just – who cares? Who cares about ADP? I don't. 
I just want my guys on my team, the guys that I feel strongly about, and he's a guy I feel strongly about. Absolutely. I am um, 100% with you. I am looking at, you know, I look at not ADP. I just look at the value of where I'm at and the players that I'm getting at that spot. Um, but I also have my guys, and I'm not afraid to take a reach on my guy. Whether it's a round or two early, I don't care. Uh, people can say whatever they want. It, it, it's If it fails, that's on me, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the hit for it. And that, that's it. I lose. If it hits, oh, watch out because I'm coming in heavy. If I didn't go after <laughs> David Montgomery, well, you got to take that chance. You just got to feel – you got to just risk it for the biscuit, baby. And Hey, no risk it, no biscuit. There it is. I like that. I like biscuits, so I'm going to go risk it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think we, I think everyone can tell we both like biscuits. Yes, they can. Yeah. With sausage gravy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, double sausage gravy for yeah. me. <laughs> I was I was I, I thought that was just a given. Uh okay. Uh we're going to move on a little bit. Uh talk about another guy entering his third year in the league. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. He's already entering his third year. Uh, this is another guy that can score from anywhere in the league. He had three runs over 70 yards last year, uh, despite the fact that one of his, that his offense was one of the worst in football. Uh, I'm talking about Miles Sanders. Uh, this is a pretty polarizing guy. Um, you know, there are reports at, reports out of camp that uh, he's splitting time with uh, with Boston Scott. Look, I don't know if they're just trying to preserve him because he's been injured in tra- in training camp two years in a row, and they're just trying to get him to the regular season. Um, this man, this, the ceiling for this kid is so high. Uh, the questions come in. He's got a new offense. How are they going to treat it? Generally, in the past, these guys have been running back by committee. Do, do you think it's going to be another committee approach? And if so, what kind of share is he looking at? You know, he has been like you had just said. He's he's an absolutely polarizing player right now for not only dynasty redraft and, and all of it. Um, you know, he was going in the second round last year, uh, even into the end of the first, because that's how high people were on him. And we're seeing him in the third, and he, he has crept into the fourth in some leagues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I um, there, there's so many people. Like, I will always have David Montgomery over him because that's just what my ranking was when they came out. I think Sanders is a – he's a he's an amazing player. He's got a ton of talent. Um, he's a great runner. He's a great receiver. He brings a lot to the table. Now, he does have some – ball security issues, um, you know, and I think that that has played into some stuff with him. But the biggest thing is just I, I it's hard to gauge what this coaching staff truly thinks about him. You know, they obviously they're splitting time with Scott. They brought in Carrion Johnson over. Uh, they have Gerald Jordan Howard back there. Um, you know, they have um, – They, they a drafted other, uh, Gainwell. They drafted Gainwell, and then they, they ended up picking up uh, – a kid off the oh shoot, they had they had a kid for oh Jason Huntley. Um, they picked him up last year too, and they got him over there. So it, it you know you gotta you start to kind of that's why wonder. you listen to this podcast, folks. Jason Huntley, 
Yeah. Jason fuck who else is talking about Jason Huntley? I just I just I just popped out a tweet yesterday about Jason Huntley. Like if this kid gets cut, uh find out where this kid lands because he's a fucking he's a talent. And at he, the BBFF. Right here. At the BBF. Right Remember when I told you to draft Logan Thomas last? This is the guy. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but you know, it's just, they keep bringing in running backs in there and it's, it's it, weird, it's, isn't it? You just, you just don't know what kind of a, uh, of a, of an opportunity, how much volume he's going to actually get. Um, is this going to be a 50, 50 split? Is this going to be a 40, 30, 10? Is this going to, you know, whatever it is, I just don't know what he is going to see for a consistent volume. That's what worries me about him. Yeah. Uh, listen. You you hit the nail on the head. There's there's so many question marks with uh, with Sanders, ball security issues. He's not particularly good in short yardage. Uh, they're seemingly beating the bush for every available running back. Why did they draft Kenny Gainwell? It seems like such a non need for a team that has a lot of needs. Um, they've got a, a running quarterback now who. You know how many rushing scores is he going to take? It, it's just there's there's just a lot of moving pieces. So here's where I'm at with Miles Sanders. If I can get him as a running back three, mm. I'm all for it. Yep. Anything other than that, if someone wants to draft Miles Sanders as a running back two and they beat me with Miles Sanders, I just tip my cap and congratulate them. Uh, if I can't get him uh, as a running back three, I'm out. Yep. I'm just I'm right out. there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, there's just too many question marks for me. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, uh, <clears throat> there was one more guy who we wanted to touch on. Um, and th- this kid's a rookie. Uh, this is a kid who I know you and I both really love. Um, and that's Javante Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon had a pretty good year last year for the Broncos. I think he ran for around 900 yards and scored nine touchdowns, but he also played on, uh, like, 600 and something snaps last year. Like he, he wasn't very efficient. He just got a, got a lot of work. Uh, the reports out of Denver are that this kid has looked great, phenomenal, electric. I mean, you pick the superlative. Uh, his coach says that there are things about Javante, and these these are things that show up on tape. They're they're things that show up in in the game it, that you just can't teach. They're instinctual. And uh, including in pass protection, like he's he's ahead of the curve in pass protection, and that's normally the bugaboo that keeps rookies uh, off the field. Um, I think the writing's on the wall for Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's a guy who I'm not drafting in redraft. He has around the same ADP as guys like Ronald Jones. Give me Ronald Jones every time when it comes to, to, to those, you know. But as far as Javante goes, uh, you know, you draft this kid um, and you you just sort of wait. This is, a, this is a wait. Like, I wouldn't expect him to be stud RB1 right out of the gate. And come on, Matt, you had to show this run against Duke. Oh. Come on, brother. 
Come on, man. Look at that Stop hole. It. Jesus yeah, Christ. <laughs> you could have drove a Mack truck through that hole. <laughs> what were we doing on defense there, guys? Whew. Oh, um, God. Yeah, this, this is a kid who I really like. Um, it, and I know you like him. Tell me where you're picking him. Is this a guy you reach for to make sure he's on your team? I, you know, I, I think – so here's – let me wrap this all up. Javante Williams, okay, um, this kid broke more tackles per attempt than any running back in college football in the last six years. He's an absolutely he's – he's a train. Tremendous um, contact balance. Yes, he is just he, – he reminds me a little bit of David Montgomery, more athletic in that sense. Um, he was splitting a backfield with Michael Carter, and both mm -hmm. these guys went nuts. Uh, he had 19 touchdowns, 7.3 yards per carry. His longest run went for 65 yards. Um, so he's got some wheels on him. You know, he was the highest rusher grade of the PFF college era at 95.9. Um, there is so much to like about him. Now, in redraft this year, I do think that, um, unfortunately, Melvin Gordon is going to be a pain in the ass for 2021. I just think that that's the way it's going to be. I think that's just what we're looking at. So, the key for this is is don't reach on Javante too crazy in drafts. Uh, if he falls to you and he and you know you're sitting in the, you're looking for like an RB three, uh, I'm all about it. You know, I was just get about him. to say I'd love to get him as an RB three. RB three, I am 100 all in on it. Um, but I'm not reaching for him any farther than that. And you know, it, as a dynasty prospect, he is one of the most. Uh, I, I think he's gonna be one of the most sought after dynasty running backs uh, prospects in the next year, especially when Melvin Gordon's gone. All right, I'm going to turn it around on you. You're on the clock. Uh, okay. Who do you want? Who do you want? Javante Williams or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. Really? Yeah, I'll take Kareem in that one. You, so, just I know these numbers because a guy uh, from my league thinks Kareem Hunt is the best running back in the league. And I, don't even get me started. Uh, when. Chubb was when Nick Chubb was healthy. Kareem Hunt averaged 13 touches per game. 13 touches per game in, I'm not going to call them a low volume offense, more like a low flying offense. I think they're going to score, but it's, it's going to be more ground based and tight end based. And, you know, we've seen Kevin Stefanski's offense. We know they, they're going to run 11 personnel and they're going to, they're going to grind it out. Um, 13 touches per game of Kareem Hunt. Uh, I, I think he, I'd rather the, have Javante Williams. I, I I completely agree. Like I, I can't fault you anywhere. This is Javon. This is going to be the key with Javante Williams for 2021. This goes for both dynasty and it goes for redraft. So it's not going to start off sexy. Anybody that takes these, this kid is probably going to be sitting there the first few weeks, and they're going to be like, "What the hell? He's sitting on my bench. He's not doing anything. This sucks." You know, once you hit that week five, that week six, if he's not doing anything, you do want to go out or and if toss he gets out an dropped. Offer yes, if he gets dropped, you snag him because this kid could be an end of the league. He could be a half could be a league, league winner. winner, just like the only Swift way Kareem Hunt. The only way Kareem Hunt can be a league winner is if Nick Chubb gets hurt. Yep. Javante so Williams kinda... can be Javante Williams can be a league winner whether or not Melvin Gordon is on the field. Okay. Because yeah, he can he can just be phased out. Mm -hmm. But Kareem Kareem Hunt's not going to phase out Nick Chubb. 
I mean, the NFL and the Browns have told you how they feel about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb with their paychecks. Uh, That's a very good point because Chubb does just get the the big deal. All right, you're on the clock. Javante Williams or Travis Etienne? Ooh. Uh, give me, give me Javante on that one. Okay. Javante Williams or Chase Edmonds? Javante. Javante Williams or Raheem Mostert? Javante. Yeah. So Raheem Mostert is probably, I I, I won't say he's, uh, he's probably just as explosive as Javante Williams in a better offense, but he can't stay healthy. Can't that's it. If he, he could, can't if he stay on the field, yeah, uh, which is you know, I think you're going to see some some sort of amalgamation of Trey Sermon and and uh and Raheem Mostert in San Francisco, and they're going to run the ball enough to sustain both those guys in in different yeah. roles. I think, but we're, we're getting off off subject. Um, so that's eight running backs tonight. Uh, eight redraft running backs. Um. We're going to continue talking about running backs as we move forward. We'll come back next week. We might talk about eight more. Um, And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're not just going to talk about the guys going in the first round. Like, you know, tonight we talked about Javante Williams. We're going to dig into some guys. Uh, I think next week we're going to touch on Miles Gaskin. Um, So stay tuned. And, and I think we got some, some Chase Edmonds stuff coming at you. Uh, and maybe even some, and maybe even some Zach Moss stuff in Buffalo Bills backfield. Uh, I know, I know, uh, BZ likes to, uh, tease me about Zach Moss, but, Woof. uh, even he can't ignore these, these, uh, glowing, glowing, uh, reports that are coming out of camp in Buffalo. Did, did you hear your boy hurt his hamstring today? <laughs> Who? Moss. No, he didn't. Yeah, I, I swear to God, dude. Go, go. He, no, I go look he, it up. He's just, uh, he's just, uh, he just feels bad for Devin Singletary. Yeah. Oh, the only reason I know is because Ball Blast said it. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. Just like, uh, just like uh, Aaron Jones is gonna be fine. Grab Matt Breida. <laughs> Matt Breida. He might not even make the damn team. Oh, he's gonna make the team. Yeah, he's Matt Breida. <laughs> is this the Matt Breida that couldn't get on the field in Miami last year? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, 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 that Matt Breida. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. Um, and tune in next week for another episode of the Red Zone Podcast. <laughs>